Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Good day there, guys, and welcome to r slash malicious compliance. If you're feeling a little devious, maybe a little malicious, this is the perfect sub for you. Without further ado, let's get right into it. This happened sometime after I got my driver's license. At the time, I was 19 female. I was driving through an eight-lane roundabout when a car struck me. This is a horrible roundabout with lots of traffic, very fast, and there are no lines on the ground to see who crossed who. Anyway, I get out to see the damage, and the guy driving the other car comes out screaming at me, cursing and yelling that I'm a stupid girl. It's my first accident, and I'm scared, and almost want to cry from the shock of the accident, but my little cousin is in the car, and I don't want to scare her. As I'm walking around, trying to take pictures of the car, the guy keeps yelling at me that it's my fault. He threatens to call the police and have me arrested because I'm a danger, and he says how he will tell them that he was going straight and I was turning. He keeps repeating it until I realize what he is saying. Driving straight? On a roundabout? Q, malicious compliance. I tell him not to worry with the police. He is completely right. He was just going straight and it was me who was going around. Let's sign an accident statement. He is immediately on board, writes it and signs. Later at the insurance office, they told me they don't normally have such easy cases. My damages were paid in full and they even gave me a replacement car while mine was getting repaired. God, I am such a stupid girl. And edit, he didn't go straight through the middle of the roundabout. He sort of went on a tangent to the inner circle, if that makes sense. The shortest route crossing all lanes, which could have ended much worse. He came in straight to the inner lane and then tried to leave straight out. I know it's hard to imagine if you have never seen a six to eight lane roundabout. And no, I'm not gonna post the sketch. Sorry guys, I think the comment section would turn into a traffic debate about who was at fault, and no, it is not in Paris. God damn it, now I wanna see this sketch. Anything where people draw a sketch of incidents, particularly r slash legal advice, it is just hilarious. I just love having things like this explained to me. And I absolutely agree with this story. That guy is at fault for this. Why the hell would you drive across six to eight lanes just straight through a roundabout? Where's this guy's brain gone? Lucky it didn't go straight through the front windshield, that's for sure. So I work at a store that sells kitchen appliances and other kitchen related stuff. Normally, when we're supposed to leave or go on break, we're supposed to tell our manager. I was helping a long line at cash and had already been there for eight hours and assumed they had someone to cover me. I wasn't allowed to use the walkies to ask to be covered to go home, so I quickly found my manager and told her my shift was done. She got really pissy at me and said, could you really not stay a few more minutes? I tried to tell her, I thought you had someone to cover me. I can stay if you want. She then replied, no, no, just go. But next time you need to wait for a manager to let you go home. Record scratch. This was never a rule. 
I asked other people who have worked there for years, and they agreed that it wasn't a rule. I worked again a few days later, and the store was empty. My shift was over, and I was about to ask to go home, and then I remembered what my manager told me. Q, malicious compliance. I continued to wander the store and slightly fix shelves, making sure that I was near my manager. After about two and a half hours, she said, you're still here, why haven't you gone home? And I replied, you said that I need to wait to be told to go home. My manager looked at me as though she was mentally kicking herself. Ah, oh, just go, she said. I clocked out and that's how I got paid an extra 30 bucks for doing literally nothing. When I was 14, I was qualified fully in my country in a piano playing performance qualification. I had worked really hard for this and was so proud. My parents too. I was too young to join paid orchestras and they didn't exist near me. So instead, I handed out business cards to residents nearby in a fairly wealthy area and thought I could make some money teaching after school. Teachers in the area were charging 20 euro per half hour. So I charged 17 euro because of my age and got very lucky that a few mums caught on and switched to me instead. I quickly had four to five kids and adults to teach every single weeknight in an area that I could bike around. This was roughly 400 euros every single week due to fluctuations of people canceling and so on. An hour's lesson was 50 minutes with a short water break and explanation of homework at the end. A half hour lesson was 25 minutes with explanation and homework at the end also. I made all of this very clear and learned it was necessary through time to walk people carefully through homework and exam prep. These parents paid 10 lessons in advance every time. And I kept a calendar and updated parents weekly on where they were at. One parent would always ask for a full summary of all 10 weeks for all three of her kids and I was happy to provide it. Suddenly, one week she decided she didn't owe me money for the next 10 lessons until I had made up for lost time. I was obviously very confused and asked her what she meant. She cited the reason as that I cut five minutes off every 30 minutes and 10 minutes off every hour so I should teach that extra time before getting more money. Here is the real kicker. Her kids were horribly behaved. They were easily the most spoiled, entitled kids that I taught and often said things like, since we pay you, don't you work for me? They were ages six to 11. She had also referred me to a lot of other parents, so I was concerned about my jobs. Because her kids behaved badly and didn't do homework, I always spent extra time on them five to 10 minutes per week because they needed it. But okay, sure. You want me to work that time? No problem. So I decided to tell this mother from now on that I would set a timer and charge every minute on that timer and show her when I clicked it on and off and gave a huge apology. You can imagine her shock at the end of 10 weeks when she saw that the kids combined 30 hours was actually more like 36 to 37 that she had to pay. She never bothered me about timing ever again and rushed through every homework or exam prep explanation, getting me out of the door. Mm-mm-mm, there is nothing like Karen's spreading their toxicity to their kids, isn't there? What a fun little game we play here. I can't imagine having to deal with a parent like this in real life. That, that is just the last thing that I would want to do. Funny how passing on your bad habits to kids uh, costs you an extra six to seven hours a week. Really weird, isn't it, Karen? Oh, baffles me. 
I worked at a KFC for about six months as my first job, and this happened towards the end of my stay. One of our managers, who I'll dub Jay, is pretty strict with us in order to keep up with time and company policy, but we didn't mind as he usually worked online with us rather than sit in the office all day and he does not have patience for rude people. And on one typical military payday Friday, in towns next to military bases, all soldiers come in force on payday. We were slammed, and he was working register, when a lady orders one of our 12-piece buckets, biscuits and all. Now, usually you can save some money by ordering them as a meal, gives you drinks as well. So as usual, he asks what drink she wants, intending to make it a meal automatically. She declines the drinks, he tries to explain, ma'am, if we make it a meal, you'll... She cuts him off with, I don't care. I don't need drinks. As I said before, he hates rude people, so he immediately shuts up, smiles to me and says, Opie, can I get a 12-piece family fill-up and don't worry about the drinks, before turning to her and finishing the order, which took a moment as we couldn't simply press the combo button anymore, rather we had to ring up all the items themselves. He then had to ring up every single item individually, which racks up the price given the amount of items, and then finishes the order, which was well above what the normal price would be. It initially went off without a hitch, but unfortunately for us at the time, retelling a funny story wasn't really a thought at the time, rather we just wanted to keep the line moving, the family behind her ordered another 12-piece family fill-up, but they ordered the combo. As Jay was finishing up the second family order, the first one stepped aside to check the bags for everything, and then they hear the price. Jay rang the second family for almost half the price of theirs, and she storms over. How come theirs is so cheap? We ordered the same thing, she asks. To which Jay replies, wearing the standard issue customer service smile, you say you didn't want no combo, ma'am. So I rang them up individually, ma'am. So you paid for them, not as a combo, but as the order you insisted on me making, ma'am. She then asks for the manager, claiming that we were scamming her, to which Jay responds by walking behind the wall and coming back two seconds later wearing his manager vest. And Jay says, hello, I heard we had a problem and I came to see what I can help with. She grabs her food and leaves. Manager without manager vest on? Ha, you've activated my trap card. You're going straight to hell for these shenanigans, Karen. No if, buts, or maybes about it, you're done. No, I like that one. I wish when I was working at McDonald's, more managers would do things like this, but you know, they, they still had the mantra of the customer is always right, which is annoying. I can understand where they're coming from, but I don't envy being a McDonald's manager. That genuinely to me looks like a job where you inflict the most suffering upon yourself for the least amount of money. So, you know, I feel bad for them dealing with these people, but surely you can stand up against them every now and then? So I work as a logistical consultant and have done so for the past seven years. Most of my work is short-term contracts to update and optimize logistical systems for manufacturers and delivery businesses. I do have a couple of long-term contracts with repeat clients, and this story is about one such client. I got a job offer six years ago with a friend who inherited his family's machine shop. His father is a brilliant man, but not business savvy in the slightest. And the entire business was teetering on bankruptcy. 
My main job there was optimizing the production method for both existing contracts and future contracts. This was my first long-term contract, but I had been doing similar work for a few years and had gotten a couple of patents for producing some intricate parts before getting this job. In the contract negotiation, I made sure that any patents developed in the course of my work would be retained completely by me. The contract term was five years before re-evaluating. It took a lot of time and work, but the company became rather successful especially considering the condition my friend inherited it. The 2020 happened, and after about a year of trying to stay afloat, my friend sold to some entrepreneur who wanted to get into the industry. In the months prior to the sale, the new boss was trying to familiarize himself with the business. Being in charge of logistics, I had given him a tour of the place and informed him of the patented methods used. This was happening right around the time my contract re-evaluation was supposed to happen, and I asked whether I'd be negotiating with him or the new boss. He realized I didn't want to be stuck in a contract that I would negotiate with him if he wasn't going to be my boss, and he assured me that he'd make sure my new contract would be negotiated with the new boss. The new boss started restructuring and laying off most salaried employees and cutting benefits like vacation and sick time as soon as the acquisition went through. I was not a fan of this new boss, since he, in addition to this, was an ass with zero experience and refused to acknowledge that fact. He did not understand what exactly my job was and thought it was unnecessary. I could tell he was just waiting for my contract negotiation. Fast forward about a month into the new regime and enter the shit show that was my negotiation. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. He was of the opinion that I was overpaid and inefficient. He all but said that I was unnecessary. My only options were to either essentially become a part-time contractor with an effective 70% cut to what I was making and none of my benefits, or be fired. When he gave me the ultimatum, I was beyond shocked. I immediately contacted my lawyer and he told me the contract was absolutely insulting. Needless to say, I chose option two. Over the course of my time there, I had filed two patents that were extensively used by the company. With shorter contracts, I typically negotiate for better royalty rate than benefits or salary, but since this business was both with my friend and supposed to be long-term, I opted for negotiating benefits. About a week after the negotiations were completed, I told the new boss that we would need to discuss royalties before my term was officially over. He was not amused and was dismissive. After enough pressuring from me, we had a meeting with the lawyer's presence. What is important to know is that one patent is extensively used in the production of an electrical device for the company's biggest client. The royalties deal written up by my lawyer was the standard one that I use for most companies. 
which is more expensive than my previous contract. New Boss was shocking and fuming, saying how this was completely ridiculous and bordering on extortion considering how much more expensive it would be and how not being able to use the patent would mean that he'd lose clients while shifting production methods. I told him that he had, in total, six months of time to figure out what it was that I did and to familiarize himself with the company, and the fact that I had told him when I gave him the tour that I was the patent holder. He also could have asked for a quote and my usual rates. The first meeting ended very abruptly after this, and three days later, he came with an insulting counteroffer where I'd be employed again, but with far less benefits than I originally had. I told him I don't want to work for him and that he either pays my rate or change production methods. This would entail replacing a lot of tooling and equipment and retraining workers. He threatened to sue and got rather belligerent, so I told him that I'd see him in court if that was the case. Otherwise, he knows my offer and has my contact info. He quickly realized that even in the unlikely event of the court deciding in his favor, that he'd still lose a lot of money in legal fees. After the meeting, I told my lawyer to draft a cease and desist and have it ready for when the contract expires. New boss started looking for my replacement. He had not stopped production or even told the clients about it during this time period. The day after my term ended, I sent the cease and desist letter and production stopped. He lost most clients, most employees just jumped ship, and last week declared bankruptcy. I hope he learned his lesson. Never screw over the logistics guy. And I'm gonna read the edit, cause it's just, it's nice, it's extra information. Edit one, first off, I did not expect this post to get as much attention as it has, and I'd like to thank all the people who have commented, upvoted, and downvoted, and given me awards. I don't really know what the awards do, but I appreciate them nonetheless. And to all the people who have messaged me, it is incredibly flattering the interest you have shown in my work. Logistics is not the sexiest field, and I rarely get to talk about it outside of professional settings. Now, on to the reason I'm writing this. As a lot of comments have pointed out, the entrepreneur, who for simplicity we'll call Bob, seemed both stupid and ill-informed of what canning me would do. I had not really thought about this as I had checked out of the issue after my contract negotiation with Bob. I wasn't even required to come in for the last two weeks, so I did not. I have asked my friend and some co-workers who stayed on after I left about what the plan was. My friends told me that he informed him both in writing and while in discussions of the patent issue. Bob was not especially concerned and told him that he's had to deal with proprietary complications before. The warehouse manager and head bookkeeper informed me over lunch yesterday that Bob had hired a patent lawyer to find out what exactly would need to be changed to the process to no longer be infringing. This sort of thing is common in the pharmaceutical and chemical manufacturing industry to renew patents for corporate interest. The warehouse manager was told to increase production and create a surplus before my contract expired so that the line could be modified and the orders for the clients could be filled while he had talks with the clients. However, the only people still employed that had the necessary information to help the technician change all the machines was the warehouse manager and the floor manager. Between the lack of hands, unexpected complications in implementing the modifications, and having only two-thirds of the floor machines actually working, the surplus had run out and the orders could no longer be filled. The client, who apparently, the bookkeeper said the only one who knows the specifics is the client and Bob, agreed verbally but not in writing to the change in the product and the possibility of it not receiving full orders as the production line was modified. The mounting economic pressures led to the bankruptcy. 
So Bob was not a suicidal idiot, he just overestimated his abilities. My lawyer has contacted a friend of his who specializes in bankruptcy law, and I have talked with two of the previous clients about the situation. The large client has expressed interest in securing a source of the parts, but the smaller one had already been on the fence about discontinuing the product that required our parts. My lawyer has told me that this is unlikely to be resolved soon, but I've gotten the idea of giving my friend the business back as a birthday present. And yeah, that is, I guess, where we finish this episode today, guys. As always, I really do hope you enjoyed this one. And I really don't feel bad for Bob. I feel like Bob deserved this. Yes, he overestimated his abilities. It's probably not been a problem for him in the past. But the way that this is written, I feel like he should have seen this coming and he deserves to have gone bankrupt if that was the case. If you have had experience with things like this before, why wouldn't you try and mitigate it? Like, the business just fails if you don't. It's like, mm, yes, I do like breathing, but uh, breathing it requires effort, so I think I'll stop doing that. Anyway, that's my two cents. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I'll see you in the next episode, and uh, bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 